Hi, this is James Yoakum, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Today we're sitting with Yasmin Zwerji, writer. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. Hey, hi everybody. Hi, I'm Yasmin Zwerji, and the creator of Tiny Time Big Results. And I help small business owners run a profitable business in 20 hours a week or less. So I'm really excited to be here. Cool. So when it comes down to it, what kind of businesses do you usually play with? Or do you just basically go everybody? Uh, no, no, I kind of really like to work with service businesses, um, people who are turning their expertise into money um, in the bank, basically. Uh, people who have a huge amount of skills, maybe they've got a lot of experience, they've done, you know, they're, maybe they're working for someone else at the moment. What I really love is kind of taking what's between someone's ears and helping them to turn that into money. Okay. When it comes to time constraints, what kind of problems do you usually see popping up in terms of trying to motivate and keeping things scheduled? Um, I think, I mean, what I find is that the people that I tend to work with are people who have got a limited amount of time in the day for their business. Um, whether it's because they're like me and I'm raising my young family, I've got three kids under nine. So they're three, six and nine. And so once I finished work, which I typically work in the morning, then I'm doing all school pickups and all that kind of stuff and being mom. Um, and so people who are like me, where you literally have got other demands on your time, um, or someone who has a full-time job and they're trying to squeeze the, the business in there, kind of the part-time hours, if you like. Um, and what I find is that people just don't know how to structure that time. You know, that they really, they're kind of doing a little bit here, a little bit there. And, and that's what they find really, really hard to do because it's the lack of structure and it's the inability or the, I'm trying to say like, you know, it's, they just don't know how to structure it so that they can get the most out of that time. Right. Yeah, this is, it gets really fun with you. Like you said, you basically have two full-time jobs, so. Yeah, I, I kind of describe parenting as being like an all-the-time job. Like you never switch off from that. Uh, sometimes I would think of the business as my escape because I get to come and do my own thing and, you know, it fills my soul and it makes me happy. And, you know, ultimately it makes me a better mom as well. Right. And of course, you're actually preparing a little bit more for whatever you want when they actually start leaving the nest. So, absolutely, absolutely. You know, because I think you know, for a lot of people, it's about what's burning through. You know, your ambition for yourself. Um, and you know, just because you have a family doesn't mean that all of that just has to stop. So I think this way you can carry on, and and I think it's a great role modeling for your kids as well because they can see you you know, living out your dreams and your aspirations as well. So I think it's a win-win. Oh, definitely. All right. So when it comes to scheduling time, what would you suggest, what would be your uh, baseline suggestions? I think my very first suggestion would always be to allocate time for your work, for your business, you know, so whether that's in the evening or in the morning, you know, depends on your own energy, um, you know, optimization, like I work great in the morning. So um, actually when I was writing my book, because I was still doing the business, I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning, work for two hours before the kids woke up and I had to get them ready for school. Um, so that would be my first recommendation is to actually allocate time to when you're going to work in the business, because it's almost like having office hours where you actually say, no, I'm just going to sit down and do it now. Because to be honest with you, if you try and do a little bit here, catch 10 minutes there, maybe 15 minutes there, it's very disjointed. 
um, and, and it just doesn't work as well as you'd like it to. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. No problem. I'm the boyest. Okay, go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally can't control this small one. I can control the two bigger ones. I can't control him. You never. It's. I found that you can't even really try. <laughs> so, um, had one rugrat I used to live with who basically his big thing was to escape from the house for every so often, just so I would chase him down. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> we ended up basically the only way we could actually get him was me laying down on the grass and letting him just basically act like he captured me or something. You just kind of have to go with it. You just yeah. have to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, with going scheduling is sort of important because not only does it basically set, it basically helps put you in the right time frame. You know, right. You start focusing on what you have to do at that particular time. Exactly, and I think that you know, having really clear goals in your business around what you want to achieve makes it so much easier to be able to actually allocate time for those particular tasks. Because if you're kind of very ad hoc and will just, you know, fly by the seat of my pants kind of, uh, you know, approach to your business, then when you do sit down, you're like, what am I going to work on today? What am I going to focus on? Whereas if you know that you are, you know, you want to get so many jobs or you want to make so much money in this period of time, then you know where that money's going to come from. And then you're a lot more strategic about where you spend your time. Um, and so, you know, I'm not very good with planning like a whole 12 months worth of activity. For me, that just feels too big. Whereas I like to do it in 90 day sprints. So I kind of say, okay, for the next three months, this is what I'm going to work on. And I just, you know, and then I can break it down and say, okay, what am I going to do in month one, two, and three, then break it down by week and then break it down you know, so that I can, I know exactly what I'm going to do each day. That just helps to keep me focused. And if I've only got, I mean, I work about three hours a day in my business. Um, so it means then that I have to be really, really targeted. And rather than having just a big to-do list, I'm actually just trying to get those two or three things done each day. That's going to move the needle in my business. Do you use any, uh, any of the uh, big calendars or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, I'm a very old fashioned girl. I like to use my paper diary um, and I put my to do list in there. Uh, and what I do is I like to schedule things in. So even though it's not going to anybody else, it's for me to say like, OK, 9 a.m., you're going to record that podcast or, you know, you're going to write that blog or whatever it might be. It's just so that I know exactly what I'm working on. Um, I do use online uh, tools as well to help me stay focused. Um, but like, I like to keep things simple as well. You know, it's not like overloading yourself with loads of tech that you don't really need. Just keep it nice and simple. Yeah. That's why I like seeing people use notebooks because it's something they can actually go to immediately versus having to boot up and track stuff down type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm an old fashioned girl like that. You know, I love journaling. I love, you know, actually the act of writing with a pen. I think there's just something you know, I don't know, something about it that I just kind of really appeals to me. I've never been one of those people that does everything from a device. Yeah, it's sort of interesting how many people are doing, doing a hybrid situation where even though they're basically going to the devices for the more professional stuff, they're still relying on pencil and paper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many artists have actually tried to figure out how to get a paper feel to their tablet because they're so they're so wanting that tactile sensation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can I get a pen for it? <laughs> yeah. So, 
what kind of advice would you do for somebody who's starting to work on a, setting up a schedule for themselves? Um, I think for me, um, uh, managing your energy is a really important piece of this. Like know when you work best. Um, is it in the morning? Um, of course, it depends on your schedule. Like if you have got a full time job, it depends on that. Um, but it's really about working with your energy rhythm rather than, you know, trying to squeeze everything in. Because to be honest with you, like once uh, the kids are asleep, like that for me is downtime rather than trying to go and get things done. I mean, I might work for the odd time, um, but it's really important that I manage my energy. So morning times, I can like just shoot things and get things done. And, you know, because I'm at the height of my energy as the day goes, you know, it just kind of, it's really about um, working with that. Just bear me one second. So sorry. No problem. I can basically understand if it's getting a little too quiet in the area. <laughs> So, in fact, I'm sort of surprised my irritant hasn't ch chirped in. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, I'm going to the scheduling. It's sort of fun when you start trying to do the same thing because the same thing you're doing with kids, I'm trying to do with a uh, pet. And so, of course, I, there's, I, so there's, of course, little things you learn. Like, if I put on YouTube with, yeah, I tend to go with YouTube parakeet videos. Don't ask. Uh, unless you talk out to things out to her. Buddies in takes care of that problem for unless we be a little bit more quiet the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, the screen does work very well for children and for animals. Um, because you know, and I, you know, I, I, some of my clients would be like, Oh, I feel so guilty because you know, I put the TV on. I was like, Listen, you got to do what you got to do, you just have to get things done. And if you've got deadlines, then you got to get things done. So, um you know, and it's interesting because my six-year-old and my nine-year-old, like, like that, you know, I can talk to them and, you know, I can tell them, like, you know, I'll give you a treat or I'll, you know, I'll do something and, you know, you can get this, that and the other, but the little one, yeah, maybe he's more like the parakeet. So basically you've gone from the distraction to the bargaining, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And listen, I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, Going into parenting for a second, it just sort of amusing me how many people want to have this big ideal, this is what parenting should be. And just like any battlefield plan, when it actually hits it, it's just like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Everything goes out the window. You're like, oh, this is how I would do it. No, listen, it just all goes out the window. You just got to do what you got to do. Which, of course, is sort of... It, it's, Tying that into the scheduling is sort of interesting that there's that same parallel with the scheduling because you want to basically get everything down to a you know down to a science, but you know. Yeah, these things happen, and I think it's important to be flexible with yourself as well. You know, because you know if my kid is sick, um, you know, again that's going to interrupt with the schedule, and you know, and but you have to be able to roll with it. So I think it's. I think it's really important that we stop giving ourselves so much to do. It's, you know, if, especially for, you know, your listeners, if they've got a simple business model, if the way that they make money is simple and it's streamlined, it's so much easier to do it. Like I don't buy into this whole idea that you've got to work really long hours. And if you want a successful business, you've got to work long hours and always be working because, you know, quite frankly, who wants that? I don't want that. I want to be able to do all the other things, like whether it's with the kids or not, whether it's just kind of doing things for myself. So if you can make your business work without working really long hours or even long hours at all, then isn't that a good thing to aspire to? Exactly. 
and with running a small business with us, especially if you're dealing with a small comic, you're basically doing, you know, you're trying to set aside what time you're doing the writing, what time you're doing the drawing, and of course, what time you're doing the merchandising. So, mm -hmm. sure, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it's sort of interesting how different you think being both arts, you'd be thinking writing and drawing would be so similar. <laughs> but that's me. Um, <laughs> What kind of schedule do you usually go to? Because you point out that you do books, but I know also requires not just the writing, but also the research and also the marketing as well. Yeah, so the way that I work with my clients is through my programs. Um, and all my programs are, 90% of them are online. So it means that I can leverage my time in that way. So, you know, I couldn't do a, a group client call and there could be like 10, 15 people on that call. So rather than me spending... 10 or 15 lots of one hour each you know for each person i get them all on one call you know do a 90 minute call with them and it you know it reduces my time massively um but it also it works really well for them because they learn from each other and i think that's really powerful because i think sometimes you know people think that it means that you know the client is missing out actually they're not because they actually learn so much more from each other um and of course i have my book um, I have my programs and, you know, for me, again, it's a keep, keeping it a simple business model. You know, that's how I like to work. And of course you have to do your marketing and this is going to be true for every business owner. Like I hear so many times that people say things like, I wish I could just do, you know, X, whatever it is that they're really good at. So, you know, for you know, your listeners, they'll be like, I just want to draw. I just want to do my comics. I just want to do that. But without marketing, you don't get the business and without the business then obviously you haven't you know without the money coming in you haven't got a business so it's about understanding well what do i need to do to get the marketing done and so it's being mindful of you know what's the best marketing for me what works really well for me is it referrals you know if you are getting loads and loads of business through referrals then you create more of a system around those referrals so that you're getting them more regularly you know, if it's through social media, great. Okay, which platform is working really well for you? Stop trying to spread yourself thin over all the platforms. Just focus on the ones that work really, really well for you. But it's about being very deliberate about your marketing so that, you know, you can say, right, okay, I'm going to just do Instagram or Pinterest. You know, I'm thinking of the very visual um, social media platforms that would work really well for comics. Um, you know, and you just say, I'm going to put all of my attention on that and really grow that. Okay. Uh, just like, as a writer, which what kind of uh, social media has worked for you? Uh, Facebook has been a really good one for me, um, primarily because I love building relationships. I love connecting with people and Facebook makes it really easy to talk to people and I have a Facebook group called the Tiny Time Tribe. So people can come in there and, you know, and we can have a conversation, you know, like, what are you struggling with? What can I help you with? Um, I use LinkedIn to a certain amount and I use Instagram to a certain amount as well. Um, but for me, it's about where do I naturally gravitate? It's where I, you know, think of Facebook as like the water cooler. It's like where I go and meet and chat with people. Um, but I also recommend, you know, offline uh, methods as well like going to networking or you know going to conferences and events where your ideal client or potential partners collaborators could be could be so that you get to build those uh, networks as well 
Yeah, I think meeting is actually a pretty good one as well. Again, mainly because there's a lot of the offline meeting meetups and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, there's no, I think there's just something about, again, having a cup of tea or coffee with somebody in person that, you know, just helps to build that connection. And, and, you know, they may not be your ideal client, but I bet they know someone who'd be a really good match for you. Or they go, oh, do you know what? I know someone's looking for this, you know, and so you start that connection. And of course, generalizing it just a little bit, you're always going to be interested in trying to find contacts that are going to help market your business as well. You know, just spreading the word around a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because I know a lot of people have an aversion to networking because they think, oh, God, it's going to be really pushy and people are going to be, you know, just, you know, it, it just feels like it's going to be awkward or uncomfortable. And, you know, I don't go to networking events to sell. I go to connect. You know, so because you, you just don't know who you're going to meet, you know, and you could start having a conversation with someone. And I've heard people where, you know, they talk about, you know, they met someone and they went, oh, they're not going to be any use to me. You know, that's not really a good connection. I was like, you don't know who they know. If you are always looking to see, you know, oh, who's the big name that I should be connecting with and you're going after them, but you ignore everybody else that's around you, you could be missing out on huge opportunities there. Yeah, you'd be surprised how often it's the person on the sidelines that's more useful than the person themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's dangerous to overlook those people or to kind of look at them and go, oh, listen, you know what? I, I can't talk to you. You're not that important. I need to talk to him over there. And and that person could be the, you know, such an amazing connection for you. So I think, you know, if you just you know, I think it's kind of like the golden rule, really, isn't it? Like treat people the way you want to be treated uh, with respect and with courtesy. And, you know, that won't that won't steer you wrong. Yeah. And definitely, we I think, you know, if you're encountering other people, being a little bit more honest, you know, don't necessarily be somebody who's presenting something. Just be who you are. It tends to be a little bit better as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, do, we like to connect. We know we want to talk to each other. We want to talk to each other as people rather than, OK, what are you selling and what do you want me to do for you? Because it's always that sense of like, I'm going to go and get something from someone rather than going in and saying, how can I help you? Is there anything that I can do for you today? You know, it always it feels better. It feels nicer, I think. Yeah. And T, step or two back. Do you remember the uh, shoot, the Russell Crowe movie where he was a uh, Nash? The genius. Oh, was, um, a, a beautiful mind. mind or something like that. Beautiful mind. That's the one. Yes, yes. I um, just remembered the, the uh, girlfriend catching strategy. He pointed out that it tends to work out really well, which is that instead you were you know the variation which we were discussing just a few minutes ago, where you basically the idea isn't to go for the most beautiful girl, but the girls around her, because that point because everybody's going to go for that girl and it's yeah. going to create all that conflict. But if you go for the other ones around them. Well, everybody will basically find a match at some point. Yeah, good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I can't remember that, but I, I did love the film. I think it was an excellent film. Uh, but yeah, that's a good strategy. Yeah, they, that would be a hard one to forget because you tend to see it all over the You saw it all over the place. Mm, yeah. It's arguably one of the more parodied uh, scenes in that movie. <laughs> so... Um, what problems have you encountered when it comes to scheduling, especially if you're trying to schedule time for networking versus time to actually get stuff done? Um, I think probably the biggest challenge is knowing what to say no to, you know, because you could probably say yes to so many things. So it's really understanding 
what's going to move you forward and what may be a nice to do but actually not an urgent thing to do or it's not a priority or it's not important in your business so i think knowing what to say no to is actually really powerful because you could somebody could say okay what about this job and could you do this job and you know it doesn't maybe fit in with your schedule or maybe you've just got too much on at the moment um i think being mindful of the time that you have um, and what you're actually capable of doing in that time i think that's a really powerful strategy um, uh, how would you schedule uh Basically, do you do anything on besides work or do you, do you like listen to the radio or watch TV in the background? No, I don't tend to because I work in such a kind of like tiny pocket. Um, I might have some um, inspirational music on, you know, just some really kind of, you know, maybe some uh, instrumental music on, but not when I'm working because I kind of just zone in and just focus and do what I need to get done. I sometimes listen to those um like the gamma ray music you know where it's kind of like meant to help your brain to work even more uh you know more powerfully more focused so i do listen to that sometimes um but because i'm on calls if i'm doing client calls and things like that um i just tend to avoid any extra noises um just i actually take advantage of the fact that the kids aren't in the house and it's nice and peaceful and quiet if they're the ages you told you've got about three or four years of that left <laughs> yeah i know yeah i mean like my eldest i mean he's nine and he you know every time i go into the you know the lounge he's there with his headphones and the computer and it's just like well get off the computer you know that's my i think that's all he ever hears from me is like okay can you just take a break from the computer so it's i think you know my brother is on the other end of the spectrum like his you know his eldest has left home she's you know doing her degree and you know the you know his daughters are older than my kids and so for me it's just like i'm just going to enjoy where we're at right now because i don't want to be sitting there wishing that you know they were older or they were quiet or anything like that i was like i'm just going to enjoy them where they are right now and just enjoy every stage because that's why i do what i do that's why i'm doing this so that i can be with them as we excuse about music some people tend to I have ADHD, so I find it's a little bit more useful if I have some sort of distraction going on in the background. But again, mileage varies and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it depends on like what people, what works for people. I think everyone is so different. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's YouTube's been sort of interesting, but sometimes, I'll, of course, that becomes its own distraction in and of itself sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure we can all relate to the scrolling and, oh, what's that? And, oh, what's that? And next thing you know, half an hour has gone by and you're thinking, oh, I had stuff to do. With my particular advice is B-rated movie reviews. It's just the host tends to have a lot of fun dealing, you know, having fun with the trivia, getting on to all the various details of the thing. And when it comes down to it, just having fun getting into describing the movie, recognizing that it's not exactly going to be like a Academy Award when moving classic later on. Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, again, mileage varies and all that. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever had any problems with scheduling uh, conventions or? Um, no, I tend to, again, I'm quite discerning about where I go and where I spend my time. Um, so I, um, you know, my husband's very, very supportive in terms of there's an event coming up and I'll say, okay, I gotta go. And he's like, that's fine. You know, uh, we work between us. He's a farmer and he's self-employed as well. He does uh, rugby coaching. 
So we, we have very, very flexible schedules um, and sometimes it's a little bit too flexible. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm discerning about where I spend my time. Like I don't, I'm, I'm quite a homebody as well. I like to be at home. Um, and so, you know, when I do go to an event, I, you know, I'm going there with a specific intention, whether it's to meet like-minded people, to get, learn more about my, my industry, that type of thing. Um, but again, I think it just depends on, you know, your own commitments and, and again, how far away it is. Like, you know, a lot of things I go to are in the UK, um, occasionally go to the U S um, and that tends to kind of be my, uh, my, my range really. Right. Or Europe, yeah. Actually, it's not a bad range, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. You could be going to the Hawaiian every Hawaiian conferences, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't know whether I'd be as uh, excited about traveling that far, um, especially if it's only for a couple of days. Like if it was, you know, a, a vacation or something, I'd be like, oh, great, let's go. But you know, maybe not so much for a couple of days. <laughs> What kind of, again, what kind of problems do you have when it comes to scheduling? Besides, the kids are obvious another one issue. Uh, mm -hmm. How about if you have a client who has wants to go out a little bit out of the usual range? Um, I'm quite um, kind of, I suppose I'm quite deliberate with what I promise to my clients in terms of what I will do. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very flexible in terms of making sure that I'm helping them. And so we have an online community that, my clients can come into and, and ask their questions so I can then, you know, respond back to them in my own time, you know, where it makes sense. Um, but I think for me, it's very much about having solid boundaries around your time. And I say, you know, I work here. Um, I'll see your question and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Um, and, and I think it's very much about structuring and scheduling your business the way that you want it to work for yourself. Um, so I think that, you know, and you know, there has been the odd client where they've been like, oh, well, I sent you an email and you didn't respond. And it's, you know, it's about setting those boundaries where I say, I will respond to you within 24 to 48 hours. Um, just purely because they know that I'm not going to be working all the time. Um, and just because I get an email doesn't mean I'm going to respond immediately either. So I think having good, healthy boundaries is really important. So people know what to expect when they work with me. And I think that's fair. And I think everybody should have those because then it stops that creep. You know, you don't want to be sitting there at half 11, you know, midnight writing an email going, I've got to get back to them. I've got to get back to them. It's like, no, you need to have boundaries and, and be able to say, okay, this is my downtime now as well. And holidays and, you know, vacation time and say, I'm not going to be available for the next week. Um, you know, look after and, and my group, my group of clients are awesome because they kind of look after each other. If I'm not there, you know, they kind of all support each other, which is lovely. Yeah. I'm finding there's a little bit more of a, I want to call it a return to uh, maritime mail for lack of a better phrasing word. The basically around what, 10, 15 years ago, you saw a lot of people that would basically, if you weren't responding to their email within like 30 seconds, it's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Now, however, we're starting to basically have it be a little bit more relaxed. I mean, it's sort of funny. It's the faster the communication goes, that more people are slowing down. Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing in the maritime is because you had a lot mm -hmm. of people that would basically send mail, you know, to long distance, and it would take a reasonable amount of time to get there, you know, sometimes anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And so there was not a high stress on, you know, returning all that quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think it's just... 
you teach people how you want to be treated as well that you know if you are the person that's responding immediately then you're training that person to believe that you're going to be responding that quickly every single time and then when you don't they get annoyed and then they're like oh what what happened you didn't respond and you're like hold on a minute whereas you know I'll reply which I have on all the time is I check my emails periodically you know um, I've got it I will get back to you so that, that at least they know that I have received it but you're not automatically going to get an immediate response and a lot of times I will you know if I'm there and I'm working I, I can respond but it's just not to expect it yeah which I think is very cool I mean on top of that you but you all do have redundant systems in place for communication like in the Facebook group hmm. Yeah. So if people have a question and they can, you know, submit it not only through the email, but also through the Facebook group and possibly, especially if it's a Facebook group, they might actually have somebody else answer the question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that, you know, I like that community feel. Uh, and you're starting to see, again, it's sort of interesting that you're starting to see a lot more with the uh, uh, discussion boards and all that with how writers set things up is you're starting to see a lot of people basically, you know, teaming up on trying to solve problems. Mm yeah absolutely absolutely and of course uh what kind of how often do you do book launches um well i don't do them that regularly because i've only got the one book <laughs> so uh this came out uh my book tiny time big results came out in 2018 um so i launched the book at that stage but what i do is you know i suppose with a book launch or even with any books it's it's the ongoing marketing that you know it's not just something that you do once off and that's it um, you know, I'm always uh, promoting the book, letting people know how they can get it, um, you know, doing different uh, special promotions like on Amazon, if it's, you know, reduced price. Um, from time to time, I've offered a free PDF copy to people, you know, as a way to build my list and to grow my audience. Um, so for me, it's about using the asset of a book. And, and just repurposing it and getting out there as much as possible. I might take a portion of the book and give it for free as a, again, as a, a lead magnet, as a freebie. Um, so for me, it's about using the book um, to its utmost, you know, because you know, I think like there's some crazy number of books that are submitted to Amazon every single day for publishing. And so, you know, people aren't gonna just land on it. You have to keep driving people to find out about the book and, and spread the word and let people know that, you know, there is a book and it's, this is what it's all about. Any technique you found that for advertising your book that tend to work a little bit better than normal? What's that? Sorry. Any kind of technique for marketing your book that tends to work a little bit better than normal or just, just a general try everything. Um, I, I tend to think just throw everything at it and see whatever works <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I suppose, you know, people they have this idea, like, you know, if you're part of a big publishing house, they're going to do all the marketing for you. And it's just not true because you still have to be the one that drives all of that marketing effort and energy. Um, and so one of the things that I think is really powerful is when you get other people to talk about your stuff, your work, you know, so it's like using, you know, encouraging people to leave reviews um, and then sharing those reviews, a social proof to show that, you know, look, people have read the book and they think it's great. You know, so there's lots of different ways that you can market um, and you don't just have to stick it with one with one way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I obviously appreciate don't just stick to one area. It's just sort of interesting different things people tend to use. 
Um, one of the more, you know, I've seen people like use freebies, for example, where they just basically have a cute little something, put the URL on it and throw that at people, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I, one of the things that I offered in part of my book was like, you know, if you get the book, you can join the book club. And that's where you get a ton of freebies. Um, again, it's a way for people to come and join my community. Um, you know, if you go onto my website, it's not, I have a tiny time toolkit, which is like a combination of like, you know, some really great guides and cheat sheets to help people to have that profitable 20 hour week business. So, you know, it's all about how do you get people into your community, learn more about your work. And, you know, obviously it's got to be the people who you want to you know, work with. Um, and then they find out more about how they can work with you and you grow that relationship, you grow that um, connection and, and then they, you know, either hire you, come and work with you, whatever it is, you know, for some of your uh, comic, uh, you know, the creators, you know, for your listeners, they might be thinking, I'd love to teach how to do what I do. You know, maybe they want to create a course. You know, that's a brilliant way of, you know, kind of growing your audience and, you know, for people to kind of find out more about you. And if maybe if you had a course and you wanted to sell the course, then, of course, you're going to need to build your audience so that you have people to sell it to. Yeah. Interestingly enough, there's a lot of ways, a lot of sites that are set up specifically for people to teach other people. <laughs> mm. so, I think I see one on uh, Jenna Marucci's uh, page a lot, for example, um, SkillSmart or something like that. But it's just, you know, different people that have different ways of getting, reaching out. Um, and, of course, just because I'm starting to get new into it, how do you uh, run your letter, your, your, your mailing list? Uh, as in, what, how do I communicate with them? Yeah. Yeah, so I tend to um, email once a week to my list um, and giving them value in terms of whether it's my weekly blog post. Uh, I might have done a video on Facebook that I want to share with them. Um, I might have just got a post that I've written that I'm going to repurpose. I'm very big into repurposing. Like I don't just sit there going, I need to create co new content constantly um, because that can be exhausting. So for me, it's about, it's my keep in touch strategy. You know, I want to be able to, uh, you know, nurture that relationship. So it's a long-term strategy. Like some people come and join my community and come and work with me immediately. Other people, it, you know, it might be a couple of years. Um, but as long as I'm giving them really great value, if I'm letting them know different ways that they can work with me, um, if I share something that's going to really help them in their business, that's kind of my aim with that uh, newsletter format, if you like. You know, I just email once a week. Um, it could just be an old blog post as well. Like, you know, maybe there's a really great blog post. That I think, oh, I think that could be really useful here. So I'll, you know, I'll send that out again because, you know, useful to read again not everyone people don't remember everything that I've ever created you know as much as I, I'd like to think they did you know it's going to still feel like oh this is really useful and then it's always good to bring some an old post up again just because it's something somebody probably didn't read or forgot about somewhere yeah absolutely some, something for the new eyes so to speak yeah exactly and, and maybe this time they read it and they go oh do you know what this actually makes perfect sense to me it didn't then maybe it wasn't the right time but now it does so, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I see the other part of this sort of interesting about teaching how people how to do stuff is occasionally stuff doesn't, people take other stuff to click. So it's really like doing a jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes you <laughs> need to see a little bit more of the picture before the rest of the picture tends to come into view. 100%. And sometimes it's just, you might have heard something a hundred times, but it's that hundredth time where it really clicks into place and you go, ah, that makes sense now. 
now I get it. And, and so, you know, it's like, don't be afraid of the repetition because sometimes it just takes time for it to actually click into place. So, all right. Any other things that we haven't covered that you'd like to talk on or any additional thoughts? Um, I think for me, you know, kind of for your listeners, I think what's really important is that if they're trying to grow a business is be really clear on what their business model is, you know, in terms of how they make money. Um, especially if you are doing it in limited amount of time, maybe you want that business to become your full-time gig um, and you want to quit the job, whatever it might be, is be really mindful as to where the money's coming from in the business and to uh, focus your marketing efforts and of course the delivery of your work um, so that it helps you to achieve that. Don't try and do too much, you know, be really mindful about the time that you have, what you want to achieve. Um, and be really clear and focused. And, you know, and I think that if you stick with that, you know, I think you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be a success. Yeah, I should have brought that up. Um, we searching, if, is there a way, uh, should you be frustrated if you happen to end up doing a whole lot of stuff or having to do a whole lot of stuff? Basically, if you have a whole uh, mountain instead of a regular hill, is there a way to basically <laughs> cut that down a little bit? Yeah, I would definitely look into that, you know, in terms of cutting it down for yourself, because you can't keep going at that pace. You know, I think that if you have got that huge mountain and, you know, it just feels like it's just too much, then there comes a point where you kind of, OK, I'm going to have to, you know, cut uh, and see what makes sense. And I think that's kind of goes back to my original point around, you know, be very mindful of what your business model looks like um, and that you're working towards that. So, you know, for me and my business, you know, I was working a lot with one-on-one -on -one clients, but it got to the point where because I have limited amount of time, I actually didn't have any more time to sell. And so that was creating a ceiling for me, you know, from an income potential and impact potential. And that really forced me to think about how can I reach more people, but without it taking up more time. And this is really where it's about exchanging your value, not your time. It's really about building leverage. Um, and so it's about getting savvier and smarter about how you actually make money in your business. You know, I think that's really important. Okay. And of course, the obligatory, what would you like to plug? <laughs> well, of course, uh, you know, get a copy of my book, Tiny Time Big Results. There's four principles to run a profitable 20 hour week business. Um, and if you come over to my website, which is yasminboraji.com, um, I have a kind of a tiny time toolkit which is a one-stop free shop. Uh, I've got a selection of cheat sheets and hand uh, uh, guides about how to run a profitable 20 hour week business. And that's yours for free. If you want to come over to yasminboraji.com, uh, tiny time forward slash tiny time toolkit. All right, cool. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. I've had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. And I sure wish the parakeet had basically come and said hi. <laughs> oh. Of all the days. That's fine with me. Everything <laughs> is so much easier. <laughs> that's okay. We had one child anyway, so that's okay. We're, we're, yeah. we're even. <laughs> uh, with a little bit of luck, as soon as this actually records, um, it should be hopefully up by the end of the week. I'll give you a oh, link and all that fun stuff. Great stuff. Well, let me know um, how I can promote it and uh, share it with my uh, audience as well. That would be great. All right. Much appreciated. All right. Take care. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye. Bye. Now you just have to figure out how to click out. This episode of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews is brought to you by podfave.com. You love podcasts, but it's hard finding that next bingeable show. Podfave 
has taken out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcasts out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening. That's P-O-D-F-A-V-S dot com. And that's our show. For those interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O. It features minicasts, the next episode, and unedited interviews, and I'm working on transcripts of the various shows. We also have an Alexis app offering two-minute minicasts offering writing and business tips, as well as affirmations to keep you writing. We also have curated playlists on YouTube with all the shows broken down to different playlists based on topic. It also includes a good part of available minicast as well as the Alexis briefs. So please support our Patreon page, download the Alexis app, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and please talk to us on Facebook. Thank you, and have a great day.